Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome back to the Train Happy Podcast. It's the podcast that helps you with your relationship with exercise, food, and your body. This week's guest is Bethany Ratter. You may know her as author of the teen books, No Big Deal and Melt My Heart, and her most recent adult fiction book, Welcome to Your Life. We had such a great conversation about Bethany's relationship with exercise and specifically how Bethany is a fat woman who exercises and how she's really had to deal with all her internal thoughts and beliefs about what that means and how she's found confidence in going to spin classes and doing couch to 5k and how she's really built up her confidence and found the joy and love for fitness it was such a great chat to have and I really think you will hopefully be really inspired by today's conversation before we do that of course we are doing train happy trooper of the week hi my name is Sarah I love the podcast and I would like to share my train happy moment I had COVID for the first time in early 2021, and after that, exercising has been completely off the board due to heart palpitations and a complete loss of all energy. Uh, This eventually contributed to my burnout in the spring of 2022. This whole thing has been hard both mentally and physically, and it's been very difficult feeling good about myself with the weight gain that has happened and my unfitness. Anyway, in the last few weeks my energy has started to slowly return and I've been able to do some strength training and also some shorter runs. Uh, This week I was running in the forest and it was all quiet and the first snow of the year started falling and it was such a truly magical moment and I felt so happy moving my body and that's my train happy moment thank you Sarah thank you so much for sharing such a beautiful moment what a gorgeous visual of you running out in the forest and the first drops of snow that just sounds really magical and thank you so much for sharing that with us and I think it goes to show that so many of us have had covid and then have dealt with the ramifications and the fallout of that long term and that eventually you know you will be able to return to exercise and you will be able to gently and slowly build up that fitness again and I'm really excited for you Sarah for that journey of what that's going to be like and getting to move your body again and hopefully that helps you know help you feel better about your body about your body image and your mental health as well we would love to hear from you to be train happy trooper of the week i'm sure you have a train happy moment to share that you are dying to send in to the podcast you can send us a voice note like sarah did or you can send us a message on whatsapp just send it to 075 27537 we love to hear from you and of course don't forget you can also follow us and hear more about the podcast on our instagram at train happy podcast but enough from me it's time to hear from this week's conversation with the brilliant bethany ratter 
Bethany, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm doing very good. I'm very, very happy to be here. Um, I do my own, you know, I have a books podcast, so I feel like I'm used to asking questions so it's very intriguing to me to be asked questions well i'm really excited to chat to you today because like we were just chatting before we started um recording about how we have so many people in common and we've probably just crossed paths so many times but we haven't actually properly met until today Mm -hmm. so i'm really excited to have this chat with you. Um, I suppose most people know you as the author that you are. You've done young adult novels. You've got your first adult novel out this year. Um, So I want to know how you got into writing, how it all began. So I got into writing because I used to have like a plus size fashion blog and I had like, you know, followers on Instagram and Twitter. And one day in the summer of 2016, I got an email from a woman who I did not know, um, who basically said, hi, Bethany, I am the head of publishing YA at Macmillan Children's Books. I really desperately want to publish fiction with like fat protagonists, but no one is sending it to me. Do you write fiction? Have you ever thought about writing fiction? Would you consider writing fiction? So that was why I wrote. I thought, basically thought to myself, okay, uh, if I only ever write one book, what is the story that I want to tell? And so I wrote this book called No Big Deal, which is my first novel. And then I had to go through all the, even though I had this publisher that was interested, I still had to go through the whole jumping through the hoops of getting an agent. And then the agent had to sell it to Macmillan, but that did actually pan out. Um, so all's well that ends well. And that was how I got into writing was I was asked to do it and then I did it. I I would love to have been a more kind of like artiste that had this dream (laughs) from birth. But I think, yeah, it just, it would never have occurred to me to write fiction. I thought fiction was for other people, you know, with lots of things. I think I I make like assumptions about like what I am and what other people are. So I was very much like fiction is for like special, you know, talented artistic people. And I am not that. Like I have talents, but that's not one of them. Um, So I would never have written fiction off my own back. And now I love it. And it's so fun and stimulating. Well, she says three books later. Like exactly. you're pretty good at it. Actually. I know, yeah. And I would never have found that out if I hadn't been like induced to try. And I love that the, the publishers were pushing for for mm. characters that are fat and that have very multi-dimensional, real exciting lives, really relatable lives. How important was that? I mean, obviously that was like you say that was pitched to you, but at the same time, how important was it for you to write about have, have fat protagonists as as the characters in your book? So that was my big fear. Was like you know, will publishers want to make them like less explicitly fat positive or less kind of about fatness, but that's literally never happened. So I've been very lucky or maybe it's just not as, you know, taboo as it maybe once was. So it was very important to me because I had read very, very few books where fat women in particular got treated well. Like I had, I'd read some like Dumplin' by Julie Murphy as like a foundational delightful text. But there's just not a lot. And I found more often than not, I would read books and be like, ooh, that made me feel bad. Or like, that doesn't reflect like what I think my life is like or how I think people experience me as a fat woman. Um, So I felt very blessed to get to tell at least one story. Like I'm just part of this like rich tapestry of experiences. Like I don't think that I have like the definitive Mm. experience as a fat woman, but I just feel really lucky that I get to at least say my my truth as I know it and you know what 
who does have a definitive experience of anything we need to hear different perspectives and different stories and think about it in different ways and you need you know we need I hope that by you writing these books and then proving to be really successful I mean you were nominated for the YA prize yeah Yeah, that was very surprising and nice and that's awesome and I, I think that goes to show it's opened doors for others to write similar work in the sense that like you said it's sharing more stories and and different perspectives and you know what are the for those listening like what are the kind of key tropes about fat people that we have seen historically in books in media I mean and a more those sort of those kind of classic characters I mean I'm thinking of like the kind of quirky best friend yeah and I mean like, that's unlucky like in love kind that's of one of the better ones you know that's actually like it's annoying but I'm like mm, that doesn't ruin my life mm. but you know like Friends is one of the most popular TV shows of all time and like that has a recurring fat suit and it's mm. like are you joking like I have to experience the psychic damage of seeing this shit unlucky in love undesirable um, desexualized or over you know extremely sexualized um, in a way that's like frightening to men um, just kind of like depressed and depressing doesn't make an effort with their appearance and like fat women have the right to be like any of those things but it is just interesting the ones that get picked up as like this is the unique version of fatness as we know it Mm. and definitely i mean obviously we talk a lot about relationships with exercise and relationships with food on this podcast and for sure if we think about the way we've seen fat representation in media historically there is no real, you don't really see people, for example, if you think about exercise, exercising for a positive reason. It's usually um, because it's part of a dieting process. It's quite punishing, grueling. It's, you know. Um, or like tied to like revenge, like yes. the dieting process because they want to lose weight because they want to prove to someone that dumped them that they're actually worth, you know, spending their time and energy on. You know, th- these quite like sad negative things when for me like exercise generally does feel quite joyful Mm. um and I really I do enjoy like talking about that um on social media and also I'm trying to like weave it into my books um because yeah I feel like that's quite a unique perspective is like fat gal exercising for reasons other than like losing weight and punishing herself for being fat yeah and like self-hatred and yeah, exactly. And those people do exist. Those pe- We certainly have them on the podcast. Those people exist. And I also think people would believe it's possible if they were able to read it in one of your books. I would hope so. You know, see it in movies that they were like, oh, wait a second, I don't have to, you know, use kind of self-loathing and shame and guilt as motivation to move my body. Actually, maybe moving my body can be nothing to do with that. Yeah. And it can actually be a really important form of self-care, which is all that I'm trying to drive home with this podcast. And I think you seem to be doing that quite naturally already, like you say, online. Um, And now I know we, we both love the same spin class and we both, we both have, um, and if you, if you follow me, I've definitely tagged um, Ashley a million times. Um, She teaches at Boom Cycle, which is a studio in London. And she's just a really, inclusive welcoming um intuitive trainer who is really trying to create a 
just a very safe environment for people and I think does it who does it really really well um once again this is one of the things where we could have met a million times but we haven't alas no and the thing I love about her classes is all of the adjectives you've just used but the one that I always think of when I think of her and her classes is like joyful Mm. she's very joyful has a very like joyful image like bright pattern clothes like kind of pinkish hair and like big earrings just very like joyful and I feel like her classes are the same and I feel like I you know I am often really encouraging people to try movement or exercise that they haven't tried before you know stuff that I enjoy um and you know obviously everyone's mileage may vary but her classes really are one where I would feel very confident saying to someone like you will like it. Like even if you've never done spinning before and maybe especially if you haven't done spinning before because she really just has this like very joyful, extremely inclusive vibe. Um, Everything feels manageable like to you, however you want to do it. Uh, There is no like sense of it being punitive. And I just think that's such a nice way into to trying spinning. Absolutely. I mean, I took someone recently who was an intuitive movement client of mine who'd never done a spin class before ever. And I said, I think I think you could do this one. And she was pleasantly surprised, had a great time and is now off trying to find a more local one to her to, you know, get into spinning. And that's another option for her to move her body. And, you know, I wish I could say that there's a million instructors like Ashley out there. I think we need more of those instructors. But um, I think it's really positive. I'd love to know more about your journey with exercise. Has it always been a really positive experience for you? Has it been a process of of kind of a mindset shift or? I mean, I'm one of those like classic people for whom exercising as a young person was like profoundly unpleasant and traumatic. I hated PE, Um, it felt really punitive. Um, I've always been fat. So that was like, that's a major, major, major part of my relationship with exercise and my, you know, my body as an athletic body. But luckily I went to school right in the middle of Croydon where we do not have a lot of space. So sports was not a huge priority for us. Um, So that was really good. Like we never had to do like cross country running or like, you know, I don't know, big outdoorsy stuff. So that was, I hated PE, but it was not a priority at my school. Thank God. Yeah, as I got older, it was just, I remember I went to one spin class with my friend. I went to UCL. So we went to the UCL Union Gym and we went to a spin class um, when I was at university. And that was like profoundly unpleasant. And to go from like zero exercise for years Mm -hmm. to a spin class, um, really didn't enjoy it. Thought I was going to have a heart attack and die. The next day, couldn't even really like sit on the toilet because my leg muscles were so like fucked um and then yeah after that i i did i got into swimming which i really liked because that um i'm extremely sweaty as a person um as you have already experienced today um but that i feel is like a real thing for me i get really sweaty really easy i get really hot really easily so swimming is like a nice exercise for the sweaty among us because you get to be cooled down by the water so swimming was good and then I left university, did no lo- longer have access <clears throat> to cheap uh, gym and swimming situations and didn't do anything for a long time. And then in 2016, I was like, I'm kind of fed up of feeling not fit and not doing any exercise. And I'd like joined a gym and I didn't enjoy it because I just didn't know what I was doing. 
And then I was like, I want to get really fit really quickly. I'm going to go spinning. And I started going to cycle. And that is actually, you know, for all it's very difficult, that is a good way of getting, of pushing through this barrier of like cardio is horrendous because you do actually get quite fit quite quickly with spinning, I have found anyway. And yeah, that's what I did. And then I did couch to 5K um, and completed that. And then, yeah, since then, I feel like I've achieved like a level of fitness and I don't necessarily do lots of exercise all the time. I haven't done lots of exercise all the time since then. But um, yeah, it's always, it now always feels possible to me. It feels like accessible. Like I know that if I just like get back into it, um, I can regain my fitness quite easily, um, which is not something I had ever felt before. It was like fitness is for other people. It's not for me. It's, you know, I'm fat, therefore it's, you know, I'm never going to be like a, an exercise gal. And I feel very lucky to be existing in a time when there are people like you and like Ash and like all of the cool, you know, um, Jessamine, the yoga gal, um, you know, just all of these amazing people who are trying to do something different. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mum's the Word is a brand new parenting podcast hosted by me, Ashley James. Pregnancy, piles, and all the other problems that come with parenting, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. Join me each week on my journey through motherhood as we celebrate the amazing highs as well as the lows. As it's my first time, we'll have celebrities, experts, and hopefully you guys too who will help me figure out what the hell I'm supposed to be doing. Find us wherever you got this podcast. I think it's really interesting that you have kind of gone on this journey as well, kind of like it sounds like on your own a bit and have kind of figured it out, which I think is really nice because I, I absolutely think there are probably plenty of people listening who are like, I don't feel welcome in these classes. I mean, somewhere like Cycle, which for people who aren't in London is um, another kind of boutique fitness studio. Think of like a Soul Cycle kind of yeah. vibe. It's quite fast. It's quite intimidating. And I mean, me, someone working in the fitness industry for a long time would still feel a little bit intimidated going there. I'm just curious how you have were able to kind of put yourself in those situations and, and build up the confidence with it that you have. Because I think a lot of people find that initially starting is the really hard part. And it's what I work with a lot of people on. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, you, I, I think that's completely accurate. I think it's completely true that just like, 
doing it for the first time is one of the hardest parts. Um, I don't know why I am like this, but I uh, I was just always like, for all it's scary, I am allowed to be there. Like, f- you know, I just, I'm entitled to be in this space. Like, just because I'm probably the only fat person in this class and I almost always was the only fat person in every class. I just was like, that's fine, you know, whatever. Um, but it is, you know, it's intimidating. And it's, it's all of the little things that, you know, for me, I'm very organized and I'm very like, I, I think of all potential like, you know, problems before they arise. So I'm very much like, I want to know like the locker situation, I want to know the shower situation. And that for me is like quite a like, that takes up a lot of my brain energy. Going into this unknown space, not knowing what it's going to be like, what the other people are going to be like, what the person on the desk is going to be like, what the instructor is going to be like. But I have to be honest. And although there are not really that many instructors like Ash, who we just discussed as being like a perfect angel, I've never had an experience in a spin class with an instructor who was like punitive. I I think they must have, there must have been some like memo in like the boutique fitness industry that we don't do that anymore. Um, Because I have, yeah, for all, no one is, you know, doing the explicitly like anti-diet culture stuff that Ash does in her spin classes. I've, I've, I think there's only been one class where someone's even mentioned like burning calories and I've been to literally hundreds of classes. So I think they are scary, but they're not quite as scary as I think some people might expect them to be. And I don't know if that's true of, you know, so I went to one of Ash's classes with one of my best friends who had done a spin class before, but it was like at her local gym and she'd found it like profoundly unpleasant, um, very difficult and not a good vibe. And so I'm wondering if like that there is actually this kind of like understanding among like boutique fitness classes that that's not what people want anymore. And that that has not necessarily filtered down to like the dude that works at, you know, your local gym. But yeah, it's very, I find it very interesting that I was so scared of like going to spin classes because I knew they were going to be hard. And actually you just get left alone. Like everyone's paying a lot of money to be there. That's the big downside for me is the, mm, the expense. It's an expense. It it's is. a big expense. Um, everyone's paying a lot of money to be there. Everyone's on their own thing. Like they don't care what I'm doing, like hiding in the back row. Like, you know, if they're looking at me and like, oh, of course she's not going to be very good because she's fat. I'm like, I don't care. Or, you know, good for her. Like she's trying. Um, doesn't matter. Like, yeah. And often you can, people can have these assumptions and, you know, providing they're not vocalizing it in your face. It's like, that's, their their opinion and I don't have to take, take it, it on. on yeah yeah I, I get to be here I get to do what I want um I went to this fascinating class the other day so I've started going um to dig me as well which I know you used to work at mm-hmm. so you know how most spin classes are kind of like dancey beat based ones I didn't realize it dig me. There's one called Cycle Rhythm and one called Cycle Ride. And I'd only been to Cycle Rhythm, which was like, you know, the ones that we do with Ash at Boom or the ones that I do at Cycle, like very music based. And I'd booked onto this one at a convenient time in a convenient location. And I discovered when I got there that it was Cycle Ride. Have you ever done this? So I taught the rhythm concept 
and I didn't do the ride concept, but I'm fully aware of what it entails. So I'm curious what your experience was because it's a very data-driven class. Yes. Um, so for anyone who does not know what it is, basically in the spin studio, there are two big screens at the front. And like, imagine you are playing a video game of like the Tour de France and there's like little digital people on the screen and they're cycling, but they're generated by your movement on the bike. So it's like a digital visualization of like your effort on the bike. And um, I was as soon as I realized that was what was happening, I was like, oh, my God, my digital person is going to show me up like it's going to be so obvious to everyone. And sometimes it can cut to different screens of saying it can show what people's kind of different effort levels are through color. Yeah, like rotations and- per minute of your yeah. legs and your watts and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um So I was like, oh my God, this is going to be so embarrassing. Like there was like 15 of us in the class and I was like, well, I'm going to be at the back. But I was like, you know what? Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? You know, it's going to be harder for me to get away with being like the fat rando on the back row, but I will live. This will not kill me. And then as the class went on, I was like, I can't even see my person. Like, where's my person? And I realized I was just like in the middle of everyone. Like I was just there doing the same class as everyone else. Um, and that for me, I wouldn't necessarily recommend that style of class. I don't think it's for everyone. But for me, what was potentially going to be quite an unpleasant experience actually was so good for me to just prove to myself that I do the same class as everyone else. And like when those screens did appear of like, you know, that your leg rotations per minute, the watts that you're generating, like that kind of thing, I was doing like as well as if not better than a lot of people. And at the end of the class, you know, it shows you like who made the most effort. And like my name was the first to appear. And I was like, this is wild because, you know, I, for all I'm like extremely um, invested in fat positivity for myself and everyone, you know, it's very natural to have internalized fat phobia, especially around stuff like exercise. So I'd really got into this mindset of like, it's good that I show up and I make the effort, but fundamentally I am probably making less effort than everyone else. I'm doing like an easier version of the class. Um, You know, I'm in the same, I'm technically in the same spin class as everyone else, but like they're trying harder than me because they can try harder than me. That is not available to me because I am fat. So just to have this one-off experience that was like, you are literally doing the same thing as everyone else and you you can do it was really psychologically very useful for me. That's so interesting to hear because what you're saying is really that you feel often you can yeah say to yourself well well I turn up and I do it but I'm not as fit as everyone else I couldn't possibly be as fit as this person because you know I'm fat yeah exactly and fat people aren't fit and I think that's another thing that we have to keep challenging and overcome because I I've said it before in this podcast the same way that people are thin and really unfit because trust me I work with these people I know (laughs) People can also be fat and in bigger bodies and be really fit. And it's like, I know that and I, I know that and I know that we say it all the time, but it's just so hard as like a fat woman to really understand it, especially understand it as it relates to me rather than to like someone else. And to give yourself the evidence for it. Yeah. I often say this with my clients, like to have positive experiences with exercise in theory, you can know in theory it can be X, Y, Z, but you have to build up a bit of data. I would say like, this is a study and you're the subject <laughs> and you have to kind of collect the data on yourself and um, start to build a bank of evidence that 
you're capable. That you're capable and that it can be a really positive experience and that it can feel good and that you can deserve to be there and take up space in the class, like you say. And actually, look, not, you know, keeping up just as much as the next person. Yeah, and obviously I don't want to get into a situation where like, you know, I th- I completely think that like exercise should be for your own benefit, not for anyone else. It's all about, you know, your how you are in relation to yourself, not how you are in relation to other people. But just for me as a fat woman in an exercise space, it was good to just have this one-off little shot, this little injection of like, oh, okay, like that's how it is. Because mm-hmm. I am quite like self-conscious of exercising among people. I'm very by my nature, quite like solitary with exercise because I'm like, I get it, but I don't know if the people around me get it. Are they all, you know, thinking like she's not going to be any good or like whatever. And tomorrow I am going to try and face one of my biggest fears, which is um, I have never run with other people. And tomorrow I'm going to try and do my first ever park run. Oh, fun. It might be. It might be fun or it, it might, might not, but I uh, I never have to do it again. That That's my big life philosophy is like, I'll do it once and if I don't like it, I never have to do it again. It probably won't kill me. We will move on. Um, so yeah, I'm like cautiously optimistic about that. I don't think it's going to become like a habit, but at the beginning of the year, I was like, my goal for the year is to do a park run once. Just to prove to myself that like running with other people is okay. And also I was very much like, I'm going to be really slow because I am really, I'm not a fast runner. I can do 5k, but it takes me, you know, much longer than it would take your average runner. Um, And people are like, oh, you know, like there's, there will be people that are slower than you. But for me, that's not super useful. What is useful for me is the knowledge that I I am allowed to be slow and no one cares. It Mm -hmm. doesn't matter if I am literally the last person to finish that doesn't bother me that much it's just like no one cares no one cares if you are slow um you are you have a license to be slow um so i just need to prove to myself that that is fine and so i'm going to try and do that tomorrow i that is really exciting i wish you could almost like report back because i think it's going to be an interesting experiment to see how you get on and you're right I think sometimes especially with running and things like that we can get a little bit like what's your time what's your time how fast are you and it's all about pace 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 and there's a lot of comparison that goes on and you know there's apps like Strava um where you can kind of see how fast everyone else is you know how fast they run a mile and it starts getting in your head a bit and you can start going like oh well I'm not as fast as them, then maybe I'm not as good a runner, but you're right. You owe nobody anything. And for me, like running is so hard one. Like for me as a young person at school, like the idea of running, that was so, you know, horrendous, like the beep test, like all of that kind of thing. So for me, running is so coded in like deeply unpleasant physical and emotional feelings that the fact that I do it at all is genuinely quite miraculous. And I I enjoy it. I like it because it's free. I like it because I can do it in my local area. I like it because I can listen to my podcasts. Train Happy Podcast class is a great one to listen to just I bet it is (laughs) um so I I really like having running as a thing that is accessible to me and so the fact that I do it at all is very much like enough for me because it just felt so not for me 
um, for such a long time. And so I, yeah, I'm quite at peace with how slow I am. Like I know tomorrow I will be, I've looked at like the Dulwich Park Run like results page. And I know that I will be based on my, what is my regular pace. I know I will be in the bottom like 1%, but who cares? I think that's the point. Who cares? No and one cares. Why does it matter? Like why have people made it matter, you know? Why does it matter? I'm not an athlete like someone who is trying to do it in 15 minutes. Like that's not, I will never be that person, but it doesn't mean that I don't get to participate. And I think that for me is like the kind of overall, what I wish that I could communicate to like other fat women who are not into fitness about exercise is like, no, you are probably not gonna be like the, um, you know, you're never going to be someone who is running like uh, the marathon in four hours, but that doesn't mean that nothing, there is no, nothing for you in fitness. Like there is so much for you in like exercising movement, whatever you want to call it. It just, do, you get to do it on your own terms. It doesn't matter. No one cares. And it is just so fun. And like, I, de I derive all of these benefits from like movement that I didn't even, when you, when you decouple like, movement from like weight loss and all of that like gnarly stuff it's really interesting to see like the benefits that you do derive like m when i'm exercising regularly i find like my periods are much lighter i don't get like borderline suicide or the week before my period like there's just all of this stuff that like imp materially improves my life that is nothing to do with like weight um, and weight loss. That's another thing I always try to drive home with people as well is not only are you building your bank of positive experiences, you build your bank of the real benefits that very specifically you experience. And it, sometimes it's quite generic to say like, oh, it helps improve my mental health. But if you can pinpoint it and say, the week before my period, when usually I'm at my lowest, it really helps me navigate that time and kind of keeps me a little bit more on an even keel than it does without it, I think is huge. Yeah, and it's so, so fun, like so empowering, like so useful to be able to just do that. Like I can just create that. Oh, I'm so glad you've kind of shared this with us. I have a feeling a lot of people are gonna be like, oh, maybe I could give it a go. Maybe I could, and maybe I should, and maybe it would feel, you know, not, quite so bad and intimidating that's why I, I just desperately want that for people because it can like all of movement exercise fitness whatever can just feel so inaccessible and I just I don't think everything is for everyone like I don't think everyone will enjoy a spin class at a boutique I studio I don't think everyone will enjoy running but there's pro there probably is something that you would enjoy and enjoy giving yourself that time well look at the graphic behind us we've got like tennis and boxing and football and you know i encourage people to do like dancing and climbing and hiking i don't know whatever it is there's something for everyone and i think that's the other thing as well isn't it is all movement is valid, all movement counts. And what you're saying as well is something is better than nothing. We did a previous episode on here about what I call the all or nothing cycle with exercise that so many people get stuck in. And the biggest takeaway I wanted for that for people is that something is better than nothing. And that might be a walking the dog, cleaning your house. But if you can start to notice that that helps you in some way, that there's a positive benefit for you there, that's a, that's a really like, great starting point to build on and build your confidence with so that maybe you do want to try something 
like a spin class? I mean, it sounds like you slowly built your confidence up over time with trying all these things. Yeah, I, I don't really know why one day in 2016, I was like, I'm going to go from basically doing very little exercise to doing an extremely difficult exercise. But um, yeah, now I just feel like whatever, like I will just show up, I will try anything. Um, and I, I actually really like having done couch to 5k because I feel like that's always there for me. Like if I, I'm not a member of a gym or I don't want to spend money on like a boutique fitness class, like I can just like do that in my own space in my own time. Um, and I find that the, the couch to 5k situation really works. So sometimes I don't, or, you know, if I've gone through a period of not exercising, I don't have to go back to the beginning. I can go from like week four or whatever, but I find it just does not fail me. Um, so it's just nice to have these things that I know, like they're always there and I can just kind of pick them up and it doesn't have to be like all or nothing. It's just like a little bit of this and just, you know, maybe do like the week of Couch to 5K where you run for eight minutes and then you walk for a little bit and then do eight minutes again. Like just having these kind of things where I'm like, it doesn't matter, just just do a little something and make it work for you yeah meet yourself where you're at exactly rather than berating yourself that you're not you where you, i used to be you used to be yeah completely because we're always evolving we're never always on an upward trajectory of progress like things ebb and flow and life happens and whatever it doesn't like you say it doesn't matter it literally doesn't matter no <laughs> it one doesn't cares matter. <laughs> no one cares like through the pandemic i didn't do anything like i didn't do any exercise just didn't do any you know, for maybe like a year and a half, I just didn't do any uh, outdoor working out. And now I do quite a lot. And like, it's just, there comes a day where you're like, oh, today's the day that I want to try something. Mm. Um, and it's fine to just start again from that day. Because okay. I think the worst thing you can do is talk yourself out of doing anything because you're like, oh, I'm not... I'm not the person that I was when I was at my fittest because how are you ever going to get back there or ever, you know, going to be anywhere other than where you are if you don't like start? Motivational wise words, Bethany. I really appreciate you sharing that. Do you have activewear recommendations for people? Because I know you obviously have your background in plus size fashion as well. Do you have any good activewear recommendations that you found particularly useful for you? I have literally one recommendation and that is where I buy all my stuff. Um... I love Girlfriend Collective. Mm -hmm. I just love Girlfriend Collective. I find the leggings do not fall down. I don't have particularly big boobs, so I don't need like a particularly intense sports bra. So I really like their little crop tops. Um, that's all I, I just, I happily buy stuff from there. Um, and in the UK, you can get them from Sancho's shop, um, which is like a black woman owned independent business who often have quite good sales. Um, they have a sale on at the moment. I literally bought some more yesterday, um, cause they've got their like early Black Friday sale, but I just love their leggings. And I, I find it is so much the thing that I would rather spend money on than save, than cut corners and buy something else because it's just so annoying like when you're running when you're in a spin class I've been there like your leggings falling down you have to hoik them up and I just don't have room for that in my life I need to be focusing on the stuff that I'm trying yeah. to do so I would rather just pay more have some good leggings and comfortable sports bra situation that is my recommendation I love Girlfriend Collective and they are very size inclusive very size inclusive and sustainable and sustainable yeah and cute 
And they're cute. They come in so many cute colors. Well, I was about to say, you're a colorful person. So I, I feel am. like it, you really have a different color for all your moods. I have many different colors. The one color I regret so profoundly is I just bought, you know, sometimes when there's a sale, they just discount some colors and not others. I bought this like disgusting color that does not suit me at all called like I can't remember if it's called putty but to me that is the color that it is it doesn't suit me at all and like the sweat patches are so obvious and yet I still wear it because you know it's it's functional it's not meant to be pretty but that's my only color regret just because you mentioned you're a sweaty gal before and you said mm. about the sweat patches when you're exercising with colored full stuff like girlfriend I think this is why a lot of people stick with safe black active wear I also am a very sweaty person and obviously I've taught many a spin class. I've done many a spin class. My crotch, my crotch sweat is rife, mm. especially in colored leggings, but I love wearing colored leggings. Um, do you also, have you kind of learned to brush it off and be like, yeah, I sweat because I'm a human. This is just my body calling itself down. Yeah. Rather than, and I wonder as well, because there may be the sort of, like we were saying that sort of assumption and trope of like, well, if you're fat then you're sweaty and like, I think, once again, having trained lots of people um, as a personal trainer, I've trained all sorts of people and some people in this life are just sweaty yeah. and some people aren't. And it, I have not noticed a correlation between body size. It's really been across the board. So I don't know, how have you... How do you just go like, whatever, I'm going to wear my colorful stuff. Who cares if I've got crotch sweat? Yeah, I um, I am sweaty. I always will be sweaty. I always have been sweaty. It is just how I am. And yeah, I just... I just have to like, if I want to do exercise, I will be sweaty. And it doesn't matter how not intense the exercise is. Like I have done yoga and like I would get sweaty in a yoga class and I'd be like, wow, like none of the other people here are sweating. Like it's because I'm fat and because I'm unfit. But it's like, even if that is why, no one cares. Like it just, you have to be at peace with it. And I am sweaty and that is who I am. And I'm not, I think the fundamental thing is like, yes, I'm sweaty. Yes, I am fat. Yes, I find some exercise spaces intimidating, but fundamentally, I am not going to let any of those prevent me from doing what I want to do because that would be very annoying to me. It would be very annoying to not do what I want when I can do what I want just because I'm concerned about what other people think about me. And um, you have yeah. every right to be there as that's much as exactly, anyone else. Yeah, that is exactly how I feel. And that's what I try and say to people who are like, oh, you know, I'm going to go. I'm really nervous, but I'm going to go to this class. I'm like, you have the right to be there as much as anyone. It's not for a specific person. It is for you. Um, and that is, yeah, that for me is the most important thing. Like you deserve to be there. It's not like these spaces are only accessible to a certain kind of person. Like they might feel like that, but it's just not true. And I have just never experienced anything that would signal to me in a class that tells me that I shouldn't be there. I, I completely understand why you would be nervous about going. And I was nervous about going and I'm sometimes still nervous about going. Like when I, I go to, I did like a class pass trial and I went to like four different fancy places. And like one of them, One Rebel, I did actually find like kind of intimidating in a way that I haven't felt for a while. Um, but like, no one arrested me. Nobody threw me out. Like, you know, just because I wasn't like cool enough to be there. Um, it just doesn't matter. No one cares. No one cares. If we take away one one bit of today's episode, I really hope that people feel just encouraged and reminded that they can say, do you know what? I deserve to be here. 
No one no cares. No one cares. <laughs> no one cares. I care in a nice way yeah. about you, but no one cares in a bad way. This has been great. This has been great, Bethany. We finish every episode by asking people like what has been their most recent train happy moments. So of all the stuff you've been trying recently, have you had a moment of really connecting with your body, of trying new stuff? I know you mentioned the class with the data. That was a bit of a train happy moment. But anything else you want to add? Um, that was a big train happy moment. And do you know what? A real, really train happy moment was I hadn't been running for a very, very long time. And I was like, you know what? I want to be do some local exercise today. I'm going to go for a little run. And I was like, I'm going to go for half an hour. And then I did half an hour and I was like, I feel good. I'm going to keep going. And then without really a lot of effort or like psychological, uh, you know, self fuckery, I ran 5K when I hadn't done any running for a long time. And I was like, wow, like it doesn't always have to be this like big battle with myself. Sometimes I can just do it. Sometimes you can just do it. Yeah, sometimes you surprise yourself. You do. I love this. Okay, Bethany, where can people find you? Where can they read your books? Well, for now, I'm still on Twitter. Um, who knows how long <laughs> for? Um, at Bethany Rutter. And then on Instagram, I'm at Bethany underscore Rutter. My book for adults is out now from HarperCollins. It's called Welcome to Your Life. I have two young adult novels um, from Macmillan Children's, one called No Big Deal and one called Melt My Heart. And that is me. And I think, just side note, all of those books but especially the young adult ones I think for people with kids who are like I don't know wanting to uh, make their teens feel kind of seen and heard I think they're really great books for Christmas presents maybe I agree they're very um yeah very warm and loving and I hope that young people will get something out of it especially if they have like you know a different body to their peers this has been awesome. Thank you so much, Bethany. I have loved it. It's I've so nice it. to chat to someone who is not like, it's boring to talk about exercise all the time. Because I'm like, there's so much interesting stuff to explore. Yeah, and this is what we're here to talk about. But that is it for this week's episode of the Train Happy Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you took something away from this episode. And if you did, please do let us know on social media. You can find us on Instagram at Train Happy Podcast. And we do want to hear from you. We want your questions. We want to hear your train happy moments. And we'd love to feature you as train happy trooper of the week. So remember, you can get in touch with us via our WhatsApp. It is 07599927537. And whatever podcast platform you're choosing to listen to us on, please rate and review. It really helps the show and it really helps spread the train a happy message. And that is it for this week. I'll be back with a brand new episode for you next Monday. See you then. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.